Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Wednesday, October 13th, 2021, and uh, hope you're having a great day so far, and uh, welcome. We, uh, we're journeying through the New Testament, and specifically through the epistle of Peter, 1 Peter, um, and uh, yeah, I've got five chapters in this letter, so we've got a couple more chapters to go. Um, we'll jump into chapter four tomorrow, chapter three today. So yeah, thank you guys for, uh, uh, several of you for emailing me yesterday. Appreciate those. Um, yeah, because why? Because we just celebrated 100 episodes. Yeah. 100 episodes of the podcast. Um, the, uh, morning prayer, which started in 2020, there's probably been three or 400 of those, um, but just this past May, we began the uh, podcast version of it, and um, there's we just crossed the hundred, the centennial, the century mark, <laughs> the century mark. So on to the next one hundred. So thanks for being a part of it. Trust me, if you guys weren't a part of it, I wouldn't be doing it. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just a personal Bible study. <laughs> so thank you guys for being a part of it. It's a cool community. Uh, it's, it's so awesome. So, Hey, if you want to reach out to me, if you have questions, you want to suggestions, comments, uh, Hey, this minister to me, I love to hear from you. Uh, so you can email me at Bible study podcast, 2020 at gmail.com Bible study podcast, 2020. Cause that's the year we started the day morning prayer Bible study podcast, 2020 at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you. Would love to hear from you. All right. Let's jump into this. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. That's it. And so today we are in um, 1 Peter chapter 3. And right off the bat, I'm going to jump in hot water, guys. Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands. <laughs> uh, my wife told me this morning, be careful with that one. <laughs> Okay, let me put this in context, first of all, too. Um, not that this idea of submission is not in the Bible. It is. Of course, we've read it over in Ephesians already. This is nothing new. We deal with, we deal with tough topics here. We're not afraid of this. Um, maybe a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but remember, in the context of 1 Peter, um, he's speaking. He, this this conversation is directed towards people who are believing, believers who are in the context of unbelievers. So... Uh, earlier, he talked to, to slaves who were um, owned by maybe unsaved slave owners. Um, how do you con how do you, you know, or, you know, to put it in a contemporary vernacular, um, what if you what if you're a Christian, and you work for a Christian who's or for a person who's not saved? Or uh, what if you live in a household where the husband is a Christian uh, but the wife is not, or the wife is in the children or the wife and, or the children are Christians, but the husband is not. What are you supposed to do? 
And so Peter is addressing that. And he knows that there's people who are dealing with suffering. They're, 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 it's hard. It's difficult. Not only from the wider context, but even in their own homes. Um, you know, Jesus once said that. He said, he said, he said, <laughs> once he said, I did not come to bring peace. But, um, and what he meant by that is not that um, he didn't bring internal peace in our hearts or reconciliation with God, but sometimes our decision to follow Jesus will cause uh, conflict with the with the with the world of darkness. Yeah, and so um, sometimes it puts us at odds with our own family, or puts us at odds with um, people who are close to us because we have seen the, the truth of the gospel, and um, yeah. So how do, how do we how do we live in those contexts? How do we live out the truth of the gospel? And so here he's speaking specifically to a specific thing. Uh, we've talked many times about mutual submission, you know. So just as a caveat here, just a little sidebar. Um, yeah, the, the biblical model is 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 one of mutual submission. Um, even if you even if you adhere to uh, that uh, that men are the head of the household, the the, the practical. Uh, living that out is still mutual submission. It's clear in the Bible. <laughs> I mean, you you mutually submit to one another out of love for Christ. You love and honor one another. And you know, sometimes I I, I talk to guys and they're you know who are like maybe wondering about this kind of stuff. And over the years, many many conversations about submission and all that. And like any guy that gets it doesn't go around. Um, of course, he probably wouldn't make it if he did. <laughs> but he doesn't doesn't go around, uh, you know, beating his chest. You need to submit to me. No, if if you're doing that, you're doing it wrong. Because Jesus once told Peter, um, taught Peter an important lesson about power. He said the Gentiles, you know how the Gentiles do. They lord over others, and they that's how that's their that's their uh, that's their vision of power. But it's not so with you. That is not how we do power in God's kingdom and God's family. The one who who wants to be greatest of all, what must be what servant of all. So mutual submission. If you want to be the leader in your family, be the one who is serving the most. <laughs> Men, you want to be the leader of your family. You want to be the you want to be the the head of your household. Be the one who is serving the most. That's what it means. That's what service, that's what leadership means in the kingdom of God. Not how many are serving you, but how many are you serving? Submission. You submit to one another out of love for Jesus. If you're going around trying to beat your chest about, you know, I'm in charge, you're doing it all wrong. Because that's not how um, believers, followers of Jesus do. We don't, we don't jockey for position. We look for opportunities to serve. So with all that said, that's just a little sidebar on submission and uh, how, you know, male authority or those conversations, which are all important. Um, so whether you're a complementarian or an egalitarian, um, that's uh, the way it functions practically in the home should look the same if you truly love Jesus. <laughs> I mean... Uh, it's just like the idea, just like those who believe in eternal security and those believes in, in free will and that you can uh, you can fall from grace or um, practically those who are living for Jesus outside of the theological debates 
they should look the same. They should look very similar. I mean, not identical, but they should be similar. They should be living their lives to love Jesus, glorify him. The fruit of the spirit should be evident in their, in their lives and in their household. So anyway, that's too many sidebars because it's a long chapter. I got to get going. Sorry, guys. All right. We got one half of one verse and we already kind of <laughs> went off on a tangent. All right. Wives, in the same way, submit to yourselves to your own husbands so that, watch, that's what he's talking about. If any of them do not believe the word, see, here he's talking to wives who are married to unbelieving husbands. Some of you on this podcast right now, maybe that may be your situation. It's not uncommon. So what do you do? They may be won over with your without words by the behavior of their wives. So he's going he's, he's appealing. They may not believe the word. You can't tell them what the Bible says because they're not listening to the Bible. You ever notice that? Like you can't say, hey, the Bible says, if people don't believe in the authority of the Bible. <laughs> it's like, oh, rats, that won't work. <laughs> yeah, and then it happens more and more in our culture, in our culture because many people don't believe in the authority of the Bible. They don't even know the Bible, A. They think they know the Bible. They don't. That's why we read the Bible. That's why we know the Bible. You know what I'm saying? We read it so that we don't actually know what it says. I know a lot of Christians think they know what the Bible says. They don't. <laughs> but we are learning. We're, we're, we're learning more and more. And I don't claim to know everything the Bible teaches either. I'm still learning. Even though I read it many times, I'm still learning. But he says... Uh, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see what? When they see the purity and reverence of your lives. He's talking to wives who are in difficult situations, who are in marriages where the husband is not a believer. And these, you know, in the early church, they're all first generation Christians, right? You don't, you didn't, none of them were, none of them were born Christians, um, born into Christian households. I mean, maybe a few at this point, but not many. Most people are all first generation Christians conversions. So many of them were married, both unsaved, and then the wife gets saved, comes to Christ. So now what do I do? My husband doesn't get it. Maybe he's even a jerk sometimes. Um, he says, continue to submit to your husband, You know, continue to serve him, honor him, love him, all those things, so that he sees the purity and reverence of your lives. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry of clothes. Again, he's not condemning those things. He's saying that's not where your true beauty comes from. We all know that. Come on. Rather, it should be that of the inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. <laughs> Some of you are like, I ain't got no gentle and quiet spirit. <laughs> what? <laughs> what about that? What about that, that loud and strong spirit? <laughs> well, that's okay. Maybe glorify God with that too, which is of great worth in God's sight. Again, in that culture, I mean, he's trying to say, how, how can I, you know, when I feel like I don't have power, how can I influence uh, my husband for the glory of God? This is how. Some, some, some insight from the word of God through your purity, your reverence, the beauty, inward beauty, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God, used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called her, her called him her Lord. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give away give way to fear. 
I know some of you are like, I ain't calling him Lord. Mm-mm. I got a lot of other names for him. Lord ain't one of them. <laughs> uh, I want to see if Christy will go for that. Hey, Christy. <laughs> Hope she's not holding anything when I ask her that because she'll be throwing it at me. Um, like Sarah, you know, like Sarah. Christy, could you just call me Lord? <laughs> Uh, that probably wouldn't fly. Yeah, that probably won't work. You could try it in your house, though. <laughs> you try it in your house. Tell me how it went. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. Anyways. Um, you, uh, anyway, so yeah. Respect, right? Respect. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. Again, there may be husbands whose wives are not saved. And the husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. Treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the precious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Now, obviously, right there, it seems to me he's talking about two believing partners because he says that you are heirs. uh, They're heirs with you of the gracious gift of life. So obviously both are saved. Um, <clears throat> and sometimes people get tripped over this weaker vessel thing. Um, honestly, you think about a vessel, which is like a, 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 a um, the idea of a vessel. It's not, it's not mentally weaker. It's not even morally weaker. Um, it's I, I, honestly, I think it means physically weaker, right? It's a vessel. Now, are, is every man stronger than every woman? No, of course not. But in general, uh, men are stronger than women. I don't know why this becomes like a surprise these days to talk about like this weird culture we're in. It's like, you can't say that a man's stronger than a woman. Well, then you're not paying attention. <laughs> you're not paying attention. I mean, just grab the pickle jar. <laughs> just grab the pickle jar. Who, who has to, who has to open the pickle jar that gets stuck? It's usually the man. Hey, can you try to open this? Sure. And then we have to, then of course, at that point, we have to open it, right? <laughs> you know, right? In the truth, guys, tell the truth. You know, your wife asks you to open a pickle jar because, you know, because you can't get it open. You know, at that point, it has to happen, right? Like you can't, you, I mean, like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you have to do at that point. It has to get open. I mean, if you got to go to the toolbox, you got to get a, you got to get some vice grips. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. If you've been asked to open the pickle jar, it's like the gauntlet has been thrown down. Of course, I yes, I can. Of course, I mean, I am a ma- I am a world class pickle jar opener. Yes, I am. I'll figure it out. <clears throat> but <laughs> even though your face is red and you got the vein and then your neck bulging out and you're like sweating bullets and you got you know you you're doubled over, you know, got the pickle jar holding like a football under your arm, trying to twist it all. Even you, you can't give up. I mean, you've been asked, you know, you have been asked to open the pickle jar. And especially if there are other people in the room, right? Oh, honey, can you open this? Sure. You got it? Yeah, I got it. No problem. I got it. No problem. <laughs> but anyway, again, I digress. <laughs> the point being, yes, I mean, obviously, there are certainly women who are stronger than some men, but on, you know, you take 
10 random guys and 10 random ladies and the 10 random guys are going to on on total be able to pull more weight <laughs> physically than the 10 women <clears throat> so he's saying be, be 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 careful respect them treat them properly verse 8 finally all of you be like-minded this is everybody this is everybody slaves masters men women Wives, husbands, here, here you go, all of them. All of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. That's all of them. we got to all do that. Do not repay evil for evil. Ooh, that's hard. You know, somebody do you wrong, you want to do them wrong right back. It's like, I know, I, I'm, I, know I'm an old, I know I'm a New Testament Christian, but I still got that one Old Testament part I really like. Eye for an eye. <laughs> nope, not with you. Jesus says love. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with what? Blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Wow. You want to inherit a blessing? Don't return an insult for an insult or evil for evil, but return that insult with a blessing. Wow. Verse 10. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. You don't want to be those who do evil, because God's face is against those who do evil. So you don't want to repay evil for evil, because once you repay evil for evil, guess what you did? You did evil. And guess what God's eyes are? God's are against the evil. Verse 13. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? Again, he's man. Remember the context. He's talking about serving under adverse circumstances, trying to do right in the midst of persecution. So, who's going to harm you if you if you're eager to do good? But if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. Look, you at work today. You feeling like people are threatening you? People are uh, you know, criticizing you. People are making uh, unsubstantiated charges against you, or just making you feel unneeded or unwanted. Look, don't let that don't don't let that stuff get into your spirit. Don't fear their threats. Don't be frightened. But in your hearts, here we go, verse 15. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to every here's a good underline one, one of my favorite verses in the Bible right here. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who ask you to give a reason for the hope that you have. So you live, so you can see that's, that's the end result. That's the goal, right? You live a godly life under these situations, husband in a, in a household where a husband's not saved in a workplace where the boss isn't saved uh, or in the, in the house where the wife isn't saved. What do you do? You live godly lives. You live with good works. You let the works of your life speak so that, you know, God willing, a miracle breakthrough happens. You'll be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. Yeah. Now this is the thing, guys. At some point, you've got to give a you got to give a, a reason for the hope that you profess. Uh, I hear people say this all the time. And by the way, uh, Saint Francis of Assisi never said this, but we 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 we. We Google it. He never said it, but we say like Frank Saint Francis of Assisi once said. Go everywhere and preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. Yeah, he never said that. He never said that. Google it. He never said it. 
<clears throat> it's one of the most often misappropriated pass, uh, just quotes that was never said by Frank, uh, Frank, uh, Frank St. Francis of Assisi. <laughs> but anyway, the point is usually right. You don't have to preach. You just go and do good things and they'll come to Christ. It's what you do. You preach the gospel with your life. That's true. That's partially true. But at some point, you got to open your mouth and use words. And that's the thing here. You do all these things. You live this godly life in front of other people. But you have to be what? Prepared to do what? Give an account. Give a reason. Speak. Talk. Evangelize. <laughs> give a reason for the hope you profess. Tell, tell people in words, not in deeds, but in words, why you believe what you believe and why you're doing the things you're doing. I'm going to tell you, man, people are not saved by good works. And what I mean by that is people watching our lives are not saved by watching the good works we do. They may get interested. They may get, uh, their interest may be piqued. Uh, they may lean in to want to know what we're about, but they're not going to get saved. They're not going to be transformed just by our works. There has to be words spoken. And so we never get we never get off the hook of having to actually use words to to tell people the gospel, like what Jesus has done in my life and the reason I'm doing these things. It's one of my it's one of my things I'm really passionate about, guys. It's like I I, I I'm a firm believer in good works. Absolutely, you gotta have, you gotta be a good neighbor, you gotta be a good husband, good wife, you gotta be a good good kid. All those you gotta be a good citizen. All those things, man. All those things. Got to be a good worker. Got to work hard. But you also have to have the ability to communicate your faith. Yeah, that's part of why we do this too. So we can we can have words to speak. You know what? Flowers flowers fade. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. That's why we implant the word of God in our lives. Um, but do not do this with gentleness and respect. So when you are given the reason for the hope we have do it with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. They know down deep. They, they ain't treating you right. <laughs> they know down deep. They ain't treating you right. For it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Look, he's always saying, say, you're going to suffer in this life. You're going to suffer. You might as well suffer for doing the right things than suffer for doing the wrong things. He, he right. Verse 18, for Christ also suffered. Here we go we put our suffering in the context of Christ. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. He suffered once. Christ isn't suffering anymore. He's not suffering now. He's sitting at the right hand of God the Father. Anyway, he was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. Verse 19, after being made alive, resurrection, he went and proclaimed, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits. Now, that's a that's a very confusing passage. A lot of people have a lot of different opinions on that. Uh, and basically, it's what happened between the, uh, you know, the between his death and his and his resurrection, um, you know, and on basically, you know, silent Saturday. Uh, what happened? What was going on? And um, and so it seems to suggest that Christ did preaching to imprisoned spirits, to demonic spirits, 
or some might say it's some people, some think it's maybe people who lived before Christ, you know, preached to people, uh, those who had uh, lived before Christ and had not obviously heard the gospel or seen his ministry. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but if he preached to demons, he wasn't preaching evangelistically. He was preaching judgment. <laughs> if he was preaching to imprisoned souls who didn't know the gospel, he was preaching evangelistically. How that happened, what did that look like, how that transpired, I don't know. No one knows. <laughs> but clearly Peter has some kind of insight here that maybe others are aware of. But uh, but we, you know, we, we're looking through a glass dimly here. Uh he, Jesus, went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, verse 20, to those who were disobedient long ago. So either people or demons. When God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. So it goes all the way back to Noah. Um, yeah. In it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolized baptism that now saves you. Wow. Think about that. The story of Noah, flood over the entire earth, the water um, comes and um, Noah builds an ark and his family saved. And he says, and this water symbolized baptism that now saves you also. Wow. Now we are not saved by baptism, but it symbolizes the saving that takes. So was Noah saved by a boat? No, he was saved by the obedience to God. <laughs> The boat didn't save him. The boat was a uh, instrument, a vessel used by God to save them. But who saved them? God. God saved them. Um, and this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you. Also, now the removal of dirt from from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. Woo! See, Jesus is putting this whole, this whole context of submission, too, in the context of Jesus, right? That, you know, Jesus is over all. Jesus is Lord of all, who has all authority. Angels and authorities and powers are all in submission to Jesus. Wow. Wow. That's awesome, guys. Hope you enjoyed it today. Hey, good word. Where's I think one of the key verses out of this is uh, be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope you you have. Again, I keep wanting to read it in a translation I or say it in a translation I memorize it in because it says the one that I memorize it in is uh, give always give always prepare to give a reason for the hope you profess. This one is to give a reason for the hope you have. Same thing, um, but yeah. That's verse 15, that a part of verse 15. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord and always be prepared. Hey, maybe today, today might be your opportunity to share your faith. Be prepared. Be prepared to tell people why you have this hope, why you have this happiness, why you have this joy, why you have this contentment in the midst of circumstances. <laughs> it's the hope of Christ. All right. All right, you guys, thanks for being on today. Uh, thanks for being part of this. I uh, hope you guys... Uh, have been enriched by it. And uh, you know what we do? We read, we pray. It's time to pray. Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your word. It's living and powerful. It's effective. It changes us. It moves us. Lord, for all of us who may be working for people who are unsaved or in households where a member of the family is unsaved, Lord, help us live such godly lives that um, 
that it causes them to lean in and ask why we do what we do. And uh, Lord, in those moments, give us the words to say, to give a reason for the hope that we have. Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for uh, submitting yourself to the will of the Father and giving your life on the cross so that we could have redemption. And God, we glorify you and we recognize that now you are at the right hand of the Father and all angels and authorities surrender to you and submit to you, as do we. We submit to you, Lord. Help us to be your hands and feet today, to glorify you, to be a, a positive witness of your grace and glory today in our homes, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our communities. Lord, each of my friends, I pray your blessing upon them, encourage them, whatever they're facing. May you give them power and encouragement and direction, guidance and healing. Um, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being a part of it today. Hey, let me know. Let me If you have suggestions, comments, feedback, Bible Study Podcast 2020 at gmail.com. Bible Study Podcast 2020 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. It really does. It brings me a lot of joy to know, you know, hey, what's ministering to you? What's speaking to you? Um, so let me know. You guys have a great day. We'll see you next time as we jump into 1 Peter chapter 4 tomorrow. God bless. We'll see you then. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.